0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Theo Boyd, a former high school English teacher, a mother, an active community volunteer, and at heart she says she's a farm girl. And now she is also an inspirational author. My grief is not like yours. Learning to live after unimaginable loss, a daughter's journey, is the outcome of less than the past five years of Theo's life. And her healing journey is one that we can apply in our own life to heal the traumas. Because without question, all of us suffer some trauma. And here's our opportunity to do the healing work. Theo Boyd, good morning and thank you so greatly for being with us today. Good morning. Thank you. You are, I think... Really, the most courageous woman that I know, having written this book, My Grief Is Not Like Yours, overcoming uh, the circumstances that led to this writing is just almost beyond comprehension. And yet you've done it, and in the course of this, done it in such a way that I feel we can use it uh, almost as our own therapy guide, as our own workbook to deal with whatever it is that we have going on in our life.
1: Exactly. And you know, it didn't start out that way. I started journaling after my mom's accident and just started writing, and then one of my girlfriends walked by my desk and read a couple of paragraphs and said, you have to write a book, and it had never even crossed my mind because Mm -hmm. I was just writing for my own healing, and now what I'm finding out is that that those words and that healing for me is helping heal others.
0: And obviously, or I would think, Hearing that, knowing that that's happening, helps your healing, you know, go further down the road, too.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's the fuel that keeps me going. You know, I get asked all the time because it's a very recent, these events that are in the book and these events now that I've written about are very recent. And they're like, how are you doing this? And I tell them, you know, it's the F words. I talk about F words in my book. Everybody (laughs) needs to get some more F words. And what I mean by that is faith, friends, family, and my foundation. My foundation of my strong mother and father, these strong characters in the book, and all my friends, all of this has given me that foundation that I need now to help others.
0: And that is just, it feels like a fundamental truth. It's just really a fact of life that... I think so many, too many people have lost track of, lost sight of in their life, and this is just such an incredible reminder for us.
1: You know, there's not a lot of resources out there for traumatic loss or tragic loss. Although my book does speak to grief in general, it helps with any type of loss, specifically was written out of tragic loss. And, you know, it started in 2019. My mother was killed um, by accident on our family peanut farm here in Texas. And when I got to the farm, I learned that my father had accidentally ran over her with one of the farm tractors. And, you know, most farm accidents are fatal. And it did kill her instantly. And then, you know, I took time off of work being a school teacher and stayed with my dad and, You know, that was the first domino to fall, so to speak, was my mother. But then shortly after that, I lost my counselor suddenly who had been counseling my dad and I through the complicated grief counseling. And then shortly after that, my marriage fell apart. My husband had been having an affair. And, you know, I like to tell people grief brings everything to the surface and it separates the children from the adults. So, you know, my marriage fell apart. And then in 2022, the end of my rapid fire losses is when I went to check on my dad Father's Day morning and surprise him with breakfast and found that he had taken his life. So it has been a recent, a complete change of course for me and my life. But to know that what I was able to write down that was helping me is now helping others. That just gives me the fuel that I need to continue on this book tour and continue trying to get the book into the hands of those that need it.
0: And, Theo, the way you have just consolidated all that happened, just Unbelievable. Just one of those things could be so crushing and devastating. And yet, you had these four very, very major events happen. And as you said, in just recent history, it, it's it, this healing path for you. The healing journey will continue. But the fact that of how you're approaching it, I think, is in itself um, a guidepost for us to see that we too can, you know, kind of start very soon after something happens to to begin the healing, right? Exactly, and I I say this
1: a lot, but there is no blueprint for grief. It, It doesn't look the same for each person, you know, hence the name of my book, My Grief Is Not Like Yours. I wrote that title, and that title is the very first thing I wrote down. Because after my mom's accident, what happens to a freshly grieving person is they get a lot of unsolicited advice from friends and family. And that's, you know, sometimes not the best thing to hear because what it does, those comparisons that they offer when they're trying to relate, those just push that grieving person, the freshly grieving person, further down into their darkness because they feel like their loss is unheard. And so I wrote down on a piece of paper, my grief is not like yours. You know, I, I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody that hadn't lost their mom in the way that I had lost my mom. Mm -hmm. So the title has never changed. And I want to explain the title. I did not write that so that people would just get this book and read about my grief. I wrote that title, My Grief is Not Like Yours, so that when people got the book, they could own that title for themselves, so that they could write their grief on the pages of the book. And after each chapter, we asked questions relating to the chapter back to the reader so that they can journal in their own grief on the pages. And I want the people out there to know they're not alone. We all must be feeling this way, unheard in our grief. So I give a lot of tips and helpful things and funny stories about my daddy. He was such a funny, charismatic individual and a preacher. And, you know, it's not just all darkness. It's a lot of hope and funny stories in the book. But I want people to own that title for themselves.
0: And I guess that's uh, the balance of it all is to show what was good and and what was lost and why there's grief, but also the me- those memories, uh, those th- events in life are are such a consolation. They're lost because we can't have that person there, but the consolation it it just like the grief is complicated. The healing feels somewhat complicated too, but but it happens.
1: Yes, and, you know, in the book, I, I needed a book that hit me as hard as I've been hit. And I would get books from friends and family, and I would just, like like a crazy, like crazy, just go through the pages looking for a page that could hit me as hard as I've been hit. And I thought, well, I'm just going to have to write it. So it is a very raw book. There's a content um, note at the beginning of the book that you need to be mindful of your mental journey while reading my story because I do go very deep into the suicide and when I found my dad and into the farming accident. And I I just felt like instead of shying away from these things, we need to start opening up and talking about it more so that these grieving individuals don't feel like they're unheard and that they need to get over it or move on. And, you know, their loved ones in, in a better place. And there's, there's just a world of grievers out there more so now after COVID. We're, we're, we're missing someone and there's a piece of us missing. Although the outside and our exterior may look the same, our inside has completely changed. We've been gutted and we need to rebuild slowly, learning to live through unimaginable loss. The subtitle of my book is what I'm trying to help people do now. But I want to also mention I am not, I am not always you know, happy and go lucky and get out there and help people. I do drop to my knees. There are times I'm still completely sad in the floor of my bathroom or in my bed. So I still have dark days, but I want people to know that it's okay. There's going to be another day. The sun's going to come out again, and you can try again. So my good days are a lot more than my bad. But, yes, grief is your new counterpart. You have to learn to live with it. So I hope that the book and the message and the beautiful love story of my parents, they were—they would have been married 50 years. They missed it by six months, and we'd been planning their 50th wedding anniversary when we immediately had to transition and begin planning a funeral. But these strong characters that helped me throughout my life now can help other people.
0: And I sincerely believe that. The book is... So beautifully written, coming from your heart. And as you say, with when we have these pages where we can write our own comments and we may need another book, uh, a journaling book to add more, but it's it's a beginning where we can go through that healing ourselves. Because as you say, Theo, we're, we're all experiencing some level of grief probably not to the deep degree that you have, but I think of the violence that goes on in a parent who loses a child to gun violence, or, you know, the school shootings, those sorts of things. This book is so appropriate for those and other kinds of events that are just happening much too often in our lives.
1: Exactly, and when I was writing... There would be a few times when I was writing for me, I was putting it all down, but when I realized I may be writing a book for others, I would still tend to shy away from putting things in the book that I thought, oh, this might offend someone or this might come across too strong, and I just I stayed with the course. I wanted to write what I was feeling because I knew if I was feeling this way, there's millions of others feeling that. And we were able to do that in a beautiful way with the strong characters of my mom, my dad, my counselor. And, you know, one of the chapters um, is titled With a Bad Word. And I had a lot of pushback on that with my publishers. And I said, have you read the chapter? And they said, no. And I said, well, read the chapter and you will understand why the title of that chapter cannot change. So the night of my mother's accident my father a retired minister of 33 years was saying every bad word in the book i'd never heard these words come out of this man and I, it terrified me so i texted with my counselor i had a great relationship with her and she texted me back and she said something that has stayed with me and something that i share with readers in the book let him say the words that he needs to say those are the words that carry the weight of his pain. And I think we shy away as grievers, as a society, from people that are doing things that are not normal, quote unquote, for them because they're grieving. What we need to understand is that that person and their loss is doing what they have to do to cope so let them, I'm not saying go in a room full of kindergartners and start <laughs> cussing. I'm saying that if your grieving individual is doing things that you're not familiar with, it's okay. And that leads me into something else. Very critical to your healing is talking to a professional counselor, therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist, somebody that is trained in your specific type of loss, in your specific grief. That is so critical to healing because I do say I am not any of those things. I'm not a nurse, a doctor, psychiatrist, psychologist. I am a farm girl and a former school teacher, and I was baptized by fire on the subject of grief. So what I've done in that book, My Grief is Not Like Yours, is I have shared how I coped just as a farm girl. And I'm just hoping that that helps so many people out there.
0: Oh, that is so beautiful. I, I cannot imagine it not helping. You know, even if our circumstances are just this mere fraction of what you have had to endure and live through, Theo, there still is so much hope and healing and, you know, I, I find that it's just a book Then we want to share with others and say, you read it, you find what you need. That's how it's so adaptable to whatever our circumstances are.
1: Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned that, modifying it and adaptable for each person. At book events, I've had several people come up. There's an exercise at the end of the book. It's called 100 Things. And it's where you number a piece of paper or your phone or wherever, 1 to 100. And it doesn't have to even be 100. That can seem too overwhelming. It can be 10. And you just write down the first things that come to mind, what your top of mind is about the person that you lost. And I had a lady come up to me, and she said she wrote down 100 things she loves about her daughter, and her daughter's still alive. And she mailed it to her. So I thought, how beautiful. They're taking what was helping me in my loss, and they're using it when somebody's still here to let them know how special. And then another lady came up to me and said, I wrote down 100 things I did not like about my ex-husband. And, you know, we all laughed. She said it helped her. So everybody can modify that exercise to fit what loss they are experiencing
0: and and that's the beauty of it here that kind of flexibility adaptability uh, because then we can own it and look at the healing the release that comes uh, but you know making a list for for a daughter how beautiful for the daughter to just really receive that and and, and cherish that forever
1: i know isn't that just wonderful and as i'm talking to you i'm realizing I need to do that, my daughter's 25th birthday is at the end of this month, and I think I'm going to
0: do that. Oh, that no more excellent gift, really. I think you're right. Right? Oh, gosh, that is just, again, so amazing. And and the way that you are so articulate and yet just so filled with heart and emotion as you share this, Theo, I, I can see you going on you know, a big stage and sharing this with people because, again, our world is so filled with pain and hurt that coming to a place where we can begin or continue doing the healing, you are able, I feel, to inspire us to this.
1: You know, I, I often say the two most important days of your life are the day that you were born. And the day that you know why you were born. Mm -hmm. And I know that I was born to write this book and share it. And I know, yes, there will be other books. I'm actually starting my second book this year that will come out next year about hope and signs, signs from our loved ones. But I know that I was put on this earth at the age of 51 to have this book, My Grief is Not Like Yours, as the catalyst to help others. And, yes, I do hope that I can go out and spread this. I've been speaking at several, like, women's groups and luncheons and rotary clubs and sharing the story. But I know now at the age of 51 what my purpose is in life. So those of you out there younger than I am, don't freak out that you don't know what your purpose (laughs) is. That's such a big thing because it may not hit you until later in life. And I hope it doesn't hit you the way that it did me. But sometimes your purpose finds you. You don't have to go looking for your purpose.
0: Right. And it it surprises you, uh, shocks you perhaps even, uh, the, the way that yours has come about. But it just really seems so obvious, not that your teaching uh, career didn't have a contribution as well and that you didn't do great things with students, but it it's all just kind of a progression of, of what our, what our lives, what your life is meant to be.
1: I feel like that everything I've done in my life has brought me to this point, school teaching being one of them. I taught 10th grade creative writing and English at a Title I district here in Texas. And I loved my kids. I just loved everything about it. I got Rookie Teacher of the Year. I was the oldest. (laughs) They always loved to tell me that I was the oldest Rookie Teacher of the Year they'd ever had because I was a late in life teacher. But I, rather than speaking now to 150 students a year, I'm speaking to thousands, and I, I still go back to my old high school where I taught and talked to kids, and I still want to you know, reach that age group, but rather than just them, I, my audience is much bigger now
0: you know, and this, one of the big things these days are the TED Talks. I could just, and they are, you know, are these podcasts then that so many can access whenever. I could just see you're doing that.
1: I'm, that's on my list. That's, oh. How did you know? That's on my <laughs> list for 2024 is to get a TED Talk in. Yes.
0: Oh, see, this is, it. it must be meant to be, I believe.
1: Well, I think all of this, your radio opportunity, all of these, Speaking, you know, events are giving me the practice that I need to be able to speak enough and speak eloquently when I do that.
0: Well, you've got high high marks for me on that. I I I just thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome, Theo. You know, one of the things that was uh, that was obviously enlightening to you, or you share it as being enlightening, and so it was for me. And and that was the the term complicated grief that your counselor used with you. And I thought that was just so eye-opening and something that any of us, I, I, I value learning that, that that's how grief is in our lives. So do you want to just touch on that a bit?
1: Yes. So complicated grief is now known as prolonged grief disorder or PGD. It, um, when I went to my counselor in late 2019 with my dad, and I talk about this in depth in the book. I was sitting there, and I was—I met with her alone first, and I was just telling her, you know, everything. And she looked up at me and well said, "Of course, you're in complex or complicated grief." And I said, "What? I'd never heard of this. I thought I was going insane. I thought I was losing it." But she said, "No, you're in complicated or complex grief." And she um, planned out a, um, a schedule for us, and we went through complicated grief counseling. And it's about a six- to eight-week program depending on your counselor, and you need to make sure you find someone that is trained in that type of grief because not all of them are. But um, PGD, or prolonged grief disorder, is what it's called now, and that can be in the way that you lost someone tragically by accident or you know trauma, and it can also be in the way that you're reacting to that loss. And there's just, there's a lot of resources if you'll Google prolonged grief disorder and a lot of things out there to help people, but I didn't know, I didn't know it had a name. And when you can put a name to something, that just helps, helps you like, oh my goodness, it has a name. I'm able to categorize, you know, what I have. I'm not, I'm not losing it like I thought I was.
0: Exactly, yes, I as I say, that just really struck me as, oh, this is so incredible and and so helpful, which I trust will be the case for others. And on that note, we should mention then the book. I'm I'm sharing how I feel. It's just so critically helpful to anyone and everyone. Um, it's availability. We can get it at any of our favorite books, stores, and sources, right, Theo?
1: Absolutely. Um, You can get it anywhere that books are sold. If you go to a store and they don't have it, they should be able to order it. And it is available on Amazon. And it's also available on my website at Think Theo. It's T-H-I-N-K-T-H-E-O, thinktheo.com. And what I like about getting it from the website is I will autograph it and write a special message in to whoever you're wanting to send it to, and I will personally take it to the post office and mail it to them. So they'll get a personal note for me, and I'll autograph the book for them.
0: Oh, that is particularly beautiful. So consider that for Anyone in your life uh, that is going through some serious or just a challenge, no adjectives on that, just a challenge. And uh, to have a personalized note, I think, can speak volumes to an individual. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we mentioned the book, the website. The book, of course, was inspired by the tragic accident of losing your mother. She is just, you share with us how important she was in your life, is still important in your life. Tell us a little bit about her. I, I, I think she's an amazing woman.
1: She is phenomenal. She's, and she was my host. And I'm so thankful that I had a, had her as a mother. There could not be a luckier girl in the world to have had Sue Boyd as their mother. My mom actually lost her hearing when she was 18 months old. She didn't speak or communicate until she was 10 when my parent, my grandparents sent her to a special school to learn how to speak and use her voice. And she she never even learned to sign. That was during the time that they were not teaching that as, as prevalently as they are now. But she learned how to communicate. And my mother was profoundly deaf, yet she was the most she was the best listener in a room and I talked about there's a chapter in my book called in the room I took my mom to a women's conference in Dallas in 2018 and we were sitting about two thirds of the way back and I thought oh no there were no teleprompters there was nobody doing sign language because my mother could read sign language although she didn't use it there was nothing no captions and I, I thought she's not going to be able to hear anything that all these women are saying and I turned to her and I said with my lips because she was an excellent lip reader. And I said, I'm so sorry that you cannot hear them. And she turned to me and said, What has never left me, I'm just happy to be in the room. And my mother, we could come home from an event where my dad was the speaker or preaching a service, and my dad would be like, Sue, who was that? What was that? My mom was the best listener in a room. So I want to urge people out there to be present. You cannot underestimate the importance of your presence. We are also worried about what we have to say or do or act for a grieving person. You don't have to do anything but be. Do not underestimate the beauty of just being present with someone. So we can take that example from this phenomenal woman who was my mother, my host here on earth, and realize we don't have to say or do anything. We can be present.
0: So beautiful. Which I, I'm saying that, and then I realize I, I, that you wrote in the book about how that was the last word she texted you, which was uh, that newer form of communication, yes. right?
1: The last word my mother texted was beautiful and how ironic because how beautiful she was and beautiful being the last word i read from her i just you know how perfectly how perfectly ironic for her life yes
0: oh what an amazing family really and it's so tragic that they are not here but but that you embrace the gift of all that they have shared with you and in doing so share with us that we can do that but your faith has, a, and your faith has a lot to do with that. Would you say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, being the daughter of a minister, I I grew up in it. I was at church every time the doors were open. I played the piano for church. But I will not lie. I will tell you that there was a time that I lost my faith. But it never lost me, and that's what's so important to know. The real, the real hope out there is that God's got you the whole time. And I often say, God will give you more than you can handle. You'll hear some people say, God won't give you more than you can handle, but that's not actually even biblical. God will not, he will give you more than you can handle. And my dad's proof of that, but it's still part of his plan.
0: Again, words that your experiences of the words of your experience, really so helpful, beneficial to any of us who are going through whatever it is that's going on. And we all are, to whatever degree, we are all going through something. So this is so helpful to each and every one of us.
1: Yes, I hope so. My hope is that the book helps people and that my journey is, you know, and that my parents, their extraordinary lives and their extraordinary deaths and their a testimony from them. They're still helping others, even in their death.
0: Exactly. And that's what life is, what our life is about. And just to have this brought to our awareness, and, and not that I'm necessarily about New Year's resolutions or doing things differently because it's a new year, but... The timing coincides. So here's this opportunity for us to embrace this and make it a part of our lives, a healing journey, and and how to go about that.
1: Yes, and you know, if you haven't gotten tired of hearing my voice on on the radio right now, I did record the Audible, so it's also on Audible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great to know. I'm so glad you did, because uh, one of your... uh, favorite things to do. I don't know if it still is, but you you like to do um, uh, the voicing of Reba McIntyre songs, right?
1: I love to lip sync Reba. I did it in high school for a UIL event, and I talk about that in the book, and you know, I, Reba. You know, for being able to lip sync her, that takes true talent. You know.
0: Yes, and and we love her. I love listening to her too. So you know, I think that it's great that you have narrated the book. And uh, there are a lot of people who love audiobooks. It's a great way for us to uh, be able to to do reading. But here too, one must have the journal and uh, to to follow along to do our own writing for the healing yeah right. well, you are truly, as I said, such an amazing and courageous woman, Theo Boyd. I'm so grateful to you for for all that you have done and and really in th- this really short period of time. I look forward to your new book I hope I trust I hope we'll be able to, to converse again
1: absolutely I would I would love that.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so greatly and um, continue the good work that you are doing, the healing that you're helping to bring to the world.
1: Thank you so much for this opportunity to share my story.
0: That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Theo Boyd and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Julie Gatza. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcasts on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the Listen tab followed by the Podcast tab, then either of the show names and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of love, support, and healing. Have a week of the same and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 1069. Good morning and Happy New Year.